Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Root Forest Valley podcast. Today with me there's Remy Charpentier. He is co-founder and CEO of Tessilo, a Portuguese startup dealing with AI-driven satellite mapping for sustainability. Hello Remy, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello, thank you for having me today. Okay, so let's start with introducing yourself and Tessilo. I would like to know more about you and your startup. So how did the project of Tessilo start and what was the main problem and the main challenges that you wanted to address with your solutions? We started to think about Tessilo with other co-founders in 2017 when Portugal was devastated by huge wildfire. So that was very concerning because at the time there was more than 200,000 hectares of forest that has burned in a couple of months. In Portugal, it's very interesting to know that there is only 20% of the forest, which is more than 20 years old. All the rest of 80% of the forest is young forest that has been planted before because it has burned at some point. But there was this problem that was very shocking to us and, you know, the will act on climate change. There was this opportunity that the European Space Agency launched a new satellite system, Sentinel-2, which brings a lot of, of new possibilities for Earth observation and also to work on wildfire. And so uh, with my with our co-founder, we decided to, to leverage this new satellite imagery, use our expertise in AI modeling to make some sense of this uh, new imagery and apply it to solving some environmental problems. So uh, Tesselo started with a technological idea that we wanted to apply to environmental problem solving. And we naturally started to work with the forest industry here in Portugal, which were our first customer and the one who, who tested our first product. Okay, and so would you like to tell us more about your solution? So about your technology and also about the different services that you are providing because you are addressing environmental problems through spatial intelligence, but you provide several services that are artificial intelligence driven. So I would like to know more about them. Yes, so we have actually only one technology but we apply it to many different problems. So it could seem that we are solving a lot of problems, and we are, but we're always using the same technology. And our technology is comes from the fact that satellite imagery today is not adapted to environmental planning, to environmental solution. Because on one end, you have free satellite imagery, like something which everyone can access without paying. This data is excellent but it has a low resolution. You don't see a lot of things on this image, so you cannot build a truly real-world application with this kind of resolution. Uh, on the other end, uh, you have high-resolution commercial imagery, which can be like on Google Maps, where you, you see really small details. The problem is that this uh, imagery is very expensive. So when you want to cover an entire country and to, to monitor a forest with high-resolution imagery, then it, it's not economically possible. So we developed a technology that uses super resolution, which basically transforms this open low resolution imagery into high resolution intelligence. So for example, we are monitoring vegetation around power line, which is a big problem because vegetation can be ignited with power lines. And to do that, we needed a better resolution than 10 meters. But power line, they span over an entire country. For example, in Portugal, which is a small, small country, you have 40,000 kilometers of distribution line. 
And so uh, we've developed this, this super resolution technique, which gives us a map of the vegetation at one meter resolution all around the power line, and that, that would solve the problem. So what's unique about our technology is that we use mostly 99% only open data. However, we can provide the same accuracy as solutions that are based on high resolution imagery. And so who are you mainly targeting with your services? So you are working also with companies as well as municipalities, right? Today we work with four types of customers. The first one is industrial forest. So the paper producer, the furniture producers. So any kind of company that plants trees on an industrial scale usually monoculture of the same trees, and we've developed a lot of solutions to help them improve their forest management and to do precision forestry. The second uh, category of customer we have is everything related to carbon, essentially reforestation project and afforestation project. And here we help this uh, company planting trees, first to find the, the best place to plant new trees, then to identify what species to plant. Of course, it's important when you plant a forest, it's for 100 years. So you have to consider when you plant a given species, what will be the climate in 10 years, in 20 years. For example, it would be risky to plant some kind of pine in Spain or in south of France today, because it's not sure that the climate will be adapted to, to the pine in, in 20 years from now. So that's the second category of a customer, it's a carbon. The third category is utilities. So we manage all, we monitor all vegetation risk around critical infrastructure around power line, around pipeline, around where vegetation management is, is very important to reduce flooding risk and wildfire risk. And last but not least, we work with public institutions, municipalities, public entities on several projects, typically landscape planning optimization. So how to organize your territory to be somehow more, more sustainable, depending on what you look, or how to minimize the risk of flood, how to minimize the risk of wildfire, etc. So today we work with these four categories of customers, industrial forests, uh, new forests, municipalities and utilities. Okay, and what are the benefits for the different stakeholders and also the different industries you are working with? So the benefits of using satellite imagery in general is you can have a picture of your entire territory immediately and, and can make planning decisions easily. What's different and unique about TSLO and what's the benefits of using TSLO compared to other solutions is that our solutions are developed on open data, meaning that we can work at large scale over a large period of time and stay economically competitive. So we build solutions that we work everywhere all the time and stay affordable. That's really our speciality is to transform this kind of low resolution data into high resolution intelligence. Okay, so you are actually providing your target with different benefits that across different environmental problems. So from carbon emissions to land recovery and so on. Where are you operating? What is your market scope. Today we work mostly on forestry related problems and vegetation management. Tomorrow we want to expand our expertise to agriculture and to other kind of environmental problems like flooding and drought. So today we are really focused on, uh, on everything which is related to trees. Uh, tomorrow we want to go to other kind of vegetation problems. I would like to know if you already have some insights that you want to share with us about the stakeholders' response and the feedback to your services, to your offer? 
So solutions have really a strong impact at our customer because there is most organizations do not use imagery. So any solution which is based on imagery is kind of new and will have some kind of impact because it will bring you know, fresh information that people didn't used to have. There's a lot of insight that we do. So our platform creates vegetation intelligence. So we are building insights all the time. Most of them, of course, are confidential. I cannot share them with you, but we had some really positive feedback on the impact of a solution. For example, in the forest industry, in Portugal, they've estimated our solution allowed our customer to save 25% on their field operation cost because they could, using our information, reduce the number of field visits they needed to make. Similar, our customers in infrastructure that have to do some lot of field work to, to cut and, uh, and trim trees around power lines, that our solution can reduce their operating cost when it comes to vegetation management, but by something of the same order, about 30%. So we have an economic impact on the operation of our customer, which is immediately visible. On the environmental impact, we are talking about indirect impact or long-term impact. So, for example, with utilities, by reducing their operating cost, we also reduce the risk of wildfire by making sure that our customer can do better vegetation management around the power line. We are inherently reducing the risk of the power line impacting the forest on fire. We also allow for more precise and fine-tuned management of the forest which usually translates in the better health of the forest and the reduction of wildfire risk. Okay, and so could you provide us with maybe a case study of your solution in action? So maybe representative example of the application in practice of your solution? Yes, I think the most set of products and well solutions that we have developed is the forest industry. And I'll give you the, the case of Portugal. So in Portugal, it's the largest producer of paper in Europe. There is about 1.5 million hectares of pine and, and eucalyptus uh, over all Portugal. For them, we've developed a forest inventory that will, every week, identify all the trees in Portugal, all of them will detect their species and will compute a number of indicators like how old each tree is, what is the volume of timber that you have in the trees, when it was last cut, when it last burnt. So we've developed a solution that works really at the scale of Portugal. So every week we have a complete picture of the forest landscape and we can see with very high uh, precision what is the activity of the forest in Portugal on, on a continuous basis. So this is our flagship product. It uses 10 different models and it's fairly complex and now we are distributing similar solutions in other countries, in Spain, in South America and in Africa. Okay, thank you. Well, this is more like a curiosity. So what are the main challenges that you had to face along the process? So Before you said that to date, satellite mapping is not so much applied for environmental services, but this is what you succeed in doing. So what are the main challenges that you had to face? The main challenge actually is not technical, it's the market. Most of the organization today that benefit from satellite imagery do not use satellite imagery because they perceive that as not very useful, expensive, etc. Our customers in Portugal have been doing paper for the past 150 years. They never had to use satellite imagery. So you have to, to educate your customer to show what is the benefit of doing a remote sensing analysis. So that's for the private sector. For the public sector, it's a bit more complicated. I will take a, an example really clear, like wildfire. 
you would think that wildfire is very important. Everybody cares about the forest. Uh, it's burning and it, uh, you can see on TV, California, Australia, Portugal, Italy are burning. And you must think, okay, someone will pay for reducing this risk. Actually, no, there's no one to buy a solution to reduce wildfire risk. The government will not buy that. Municipalities, they won't buy that. Fire uh, fighters don't have any money for that. Insurance do not insure uh, natural fire, etc., etc. So while wildfire is a dramatic problem, there is no market for solution to mitigate it. The only way we found today to, to fight wildfire is to help utilities reduce the risk of wildfire uh, with their infrastructure. But we haven't found yet a customer that are going to buy, let's say, comprehensive mapping of the wildfire risk and that's going to take landscape planning action to mitigate this risk. We haven't found this customer yet. So there is a, is a big need, but there's not necessarily a, a market behind it. So the main challenge for us as uh, environmental uh, engineers is to identify who are the stakeholders in the problem we are looking at and who is willing to pay. And that has been the most challenging aspect of the business. But when you look hard enough, you end up finding something. And uh, truly, you know, for example, for wildfire, providing a solution to utilities. The utilities, they don't really care so much about wildfire. It just they have to cut the trees and it costs a fortune to them. So we help them reduce their cost, but also we have a really direct impact here in wildfire risk reduction. But we thought we would be working with firefighters, but no, we are working with, with utilities, which is fine. But it was not obvious at the beginning. So basically, you, you mean that you obtained a more positive response from the part of privates rather than from the part of public authorities for the application of your solution? Exactly. Exactly. Public authorities. Well, there is a trend in, in the world that we are not doing planning anymore. The countries that are still doing planning is China, but in Western Europe, in the US, we are not doing planning anymore. We've left the management of the land to the force of the market, which is not the best way to do planning. As a result, we don't have a lot of leverage on mitigating wildfire. For example, most of the forest in Western Europe belong to small owners. And the utilities, even though we can reduce the risk of fire around power line, there's nothing we can do with our solution. And so if we want to do forest management where there is no power line, we need to provide a solution to the local stakeholder. But the problem is that there's no, no such thing. The local stakeholder is willing to act on forest planning. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Remy, for this interview. Unfortunately, our time is running out. But thank you so much. I really hope that your solutions will find applications also among the public authorities since you are really dealing with solutions that are able to solve problems that we need to face, I would say, at the global level. So not only exclusively at the private level, but problems such as wildfire, CO2 emissions, and also land and forestry recovery are, of course, problems that regards all of us and not just the company that can benefit from them. So thank you so much, Remy, for this interesting interview. It has been a pleasure to get to know more about Tesselo. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Uh, see you in the next one. Bye-bye.